Hello and welcome to Black Hills Influence, your home for influence and everything encouragement in the Black Hills. We are happy to be here with you. We really appreciate you taking your time to spend with us. I am Brian, sitting here with Chris. We are very grateful that you have decided to join us for episode three. Episode three, we're here. Of Black Hills Influence. Yes, sir. Welcome, everybody. What we're going to talk about today, we, you know, we're continuing the gratefulness we're going to turn that gratefulness into happiness. Sure. And Brian, what do you think the key to happiness is? Well, it depends on in which light you're trying to look at it from. Uh, I think there's many different lenses you can look at happiness from, whether it's through you know, your career, your family, yourself. I think there's different... They all can come into one, obviously, with your own happiness, but I think there's different levels or different things you need to look at when it comes to your happiness right off the cuff. Yes, I agree. So what you're saying is there's many different things that you can base your happiness off. Absolutely. Of, yeah. Whether that's uh, current events are happening yeah. or Great point. your environment is changing. Yeah, your own ecosystem can depict... Your happiness, right, and obviously. and that can affect everybody in very s- different ways. So, if something, let's say, we're together in a physical location, sure, and something happens in front of us, it's going to hit you a little bit different than it might hit me. Yeah, just because of our own uh, psyches and how we process certain events, right? Other than like, hey, guess what? You won a million dollars. I think we're gonna. Have I the think same, we're all gonna be. We're, we're gonna have the same uh, outcome there. Yeah. But, but I don't want to pay taxes on it. That's another story but, for another day. Yeah. That can <laughs> that can be an episode eleven when we talk about it. That can be an episode eleven. So Brian, I was doing a little bit of research. Sure. And I found the top twenty happiest countries in the world. Wow. Where do you think? The United States is oh. out of the top twenty. The oh. good news is we're in the top twenty. Well, Just letting you know that I, you know, okay. Happiest countries. Um, when I think about what goes into the metrics of trying to figure out the happiest country, I think there's a lot of things that happen there as far as economy, as far as maybe a poverty level I think is interesting. I think there is entertainment value. I think there is a political stabilization that goes into that. I would say taking everything just in my opinion off the cuff, we are 17. We're 18. I was so You're close. so good. I didn't You're want so to say good. 20 cuz I have hope for us, but Honestly, I didn't think we were going to make the top 20. Sure. To be honest with everything that's been going on. However, Give me the top three. The top three? You ready for this? Yeah. Finland. Interesting. And Finland's been the number one happiest country in the world for three years in a row. Does it say like one reason why without giving a paragraph? Uh, No, let me look at that. But Denmark. Number two? Is number two. And it has been that way for a while as well. And then Switzerland is number three. So these European countries, Denmark, Finland, Switzerland... Correct? Yes. According to this study, are the three happiest countries on this beautiful planet. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious what you find in regards to, or what they have found, I guess, 
in regards to what is the most, you know, the factors sure. that go into that. So I'm going to use the Cliff Notes version of, yeah, of, of this. So with Finland, the top country consistently ranks among the top education systems in the world. Oh, interesting. Occasionally beaten by beaten out by countries like South Korea, Japan, Singapore, those sure, types of things. Sure. So um, in reverence to teachers, they are required to have a master's degree. The teachers teach in the education field in Denmark or all of these? In Finland. Oh, in Finland. My apologies. And it focuses less on quantitative testing and more on experimental learning. I appreciate that. And, and equal opportunity. So they're a little bit happier because... Because they're not stressing out about a test score. Right. They're not worried about the numbers. They want you to kind of figure out your life. I am of the opinion that you can game your way through school with memory, right? Sure. Like, to get through XYZ class, if you can just memorize the content for two weeks, you can get 100% on that test. Absolutely. But you cannot convince me that by memorizing something in a biology class, it is going to help me in 20 years. Sure. And in a normal career, in a normal job, in a normal life, I do not believe that test scores depict human value. Absolutely. So I, that's why I always say... No, I completely agree with you. When, when um, I speak with teachers, I, we speak about this study, whatever the case may be, when somebody talks about experimental learning or um, experience or like a project-based learning, right. I love it. Absolutely. Because you can take those skills forward. Yeah. There's, there are a few people that I know that like throughout high school and college that they had a photographic memory. Right? Sure. So when it came to the test time, they knew the material mm -hmm. and they were just like, bam. Now, when it comes up to the next couple weeks for the next chapter, their history, or I should say their mental capacity, <laughs> their hard drive, their hard drive gets wiped. Yeah. Because they have to restart. So someone kind of figured that out. So when one of our teachers, they tested them. So we would test, you know, every other week or something Whatever. like that. Sure. And it would be like, okay, here's this. Good. You, you learned A, B, and C. And then you come to the next week, you forget that. And then the next week, it's another subject. And then the next week, it's a cumulative test. So over everything that you just did. Oh, it builds on itself. Right. Gotcha. So you did, you know, test one, awesome. Test two, awesome. Test three, awesome. But test four... Is one, two, and three. Is and one, four, two, all three, together. and four together. And it showed that they're like... Oh, geez. I don't know I anything have, except have for... no idea what for one, two, and volume three volume four or whatever. Exactly. So is the problem with the way the curriculum was made for that... Or is the problem where the learner mm -hmm. should have been able to commit that and apply that more? Well, Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, this goes into a much deeper discussion in regards to... True. Versus, I mean, like, if I am working on something and I repetitively do it, like a trade, for instance. Yeah, sure. Like, I know how to change a tire because I've done it. 58 times. 50 million times, yeah. whatever. By that time, it's muscle memory. So you know exactly what you're doing. Correct. 
and that's a part autonomous of the, versus that's a part of that experience learning that right, I was talking about versus I'm going to read this chapter 40 times <laughs> and I know the third word from the last paragraph that that doesn't help you in yeah. the long run. Yeah, and I'm not sure, you know, some of this the things that I uh strive for that kind of project-based learning or experience-based learning or internships, whatever the case may be, that's hard to do with a history class. Does that make sense? Sure. You know, but a lot of this stuff can be taught, such as leadership, management, project management, um, <laughs> how to speak with people. I've had money of speech classes, whatever the case may be, where going through a group project, let's say, taught me more than anything a textbook could have. Right. Does that make sense? Real life experience. Correct. You're going to get more out of. Correct. Or at least most of us are going to get more out of that. Now, I'm not saying that there's nothing, that there's anything wrong with learning from the book, because obviously someone who is experienced wrote the book. (laughs) So don't, don't get me, don't, don't mix my words here. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people now, it is better that their learning experience is better if they do things. A hundred percent agreed. I'm going to read a book about it because some people don't like to read. Some I, people don't like to watch those YouTube videos without doing it. Yeah. I, I made it through high school. I wasn't the best study on paper, right? But through high school, I bet I read less, like actually read the whole book. Let's say, and if you did a reading class, whatever the case may be, less than 10. Mm-hmm. Over the course of my whole high school career. Sure. Career? High school time. Um, a lot of cliff notes, the website cliff notes, a lot of, unfortunately, copying answers, a lot of class discussions, you know, kind of portray the answers out for you. Um, just kind of the way that goes, you know. I But I know a lot of people that loved... Uh, the textbooks and loved reading from the textbooks and learning from the textbooks. And it is what it is. Find what works for you and, and roll with it, I guess. But anyway, we got off on a teaching tangent. My dear apologies. So Brian, we're talking about happiness. Why do you think that the United States is at number 18 versus Finland at number one, other than, you know, the learning and education is part of that. Sure. As one of the main reasons. But tell me what. When was you this think. study done? Last year? This year? 2019. 2019. So say last year. Um, I think there is a lot of factors that go into that. Kind of what I mentioned before is such as economic um, tensions, maybe economic reform. There's some racial divide that might happen depending on who's a part of the study. I think. Um, Social economics comes into play, kind of same thing as economics. I think there's an interesting part there that might be good for the states in regards to like recreation, you mm-hmm. know, for sports availability and things like that. But there's a lot of factors. You know, if we could talk about politics all day long and that divides people and makes people unhappy, there's a lot of factors that can go into that. Right. And, you know, in looking at the study, it says, you know, one of them that you mentioned, trust in your government. Sure. So... Currently, with everything that's going on, 
there's a lot of unhappy regardless of where somebody stands wherever you are yeah correct you know we're not going to be political go blue go red whatever yeah, i don't yeah it's it's all a mess let's just say there that. you go that's fair it's all a mess and it's all a mess and, and nobody wins right exactly <laughs> you know and and another part with why americans are a little bit lower on the scale is because we work too hard interesting Work too many hours, work, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because people are saying, you know, the minimum now is your regular. Oh, the minimum wage debate. The minimum wage, you're, you're, we're, not make, we're not keeping up with inflation is That's the big one. true when you look at charts. I with, agree. with markets. And then the other thing is that we're not taking enough time for ourselves. We're not resting. Sure. As opposed to, I have this project. I have a manager that's breathing down my neck. I have whatever. Mm-hmm. I have all these things that I need to get done. Americans are almost too busy at a fault. Sometimes yeah. their time management skills, and maybe that's where it really lies, is the time management could skills. Be, yeah, it could be a number that, of different things. That they overload themselves with work, and then they try to compensate that with something else. And they get too deep into that, and then the work-life balance. Well, yeah, and that's what I was just going to say is, if you're a salary employee and you're only really scheduled to work forty hours, let's say hypothetically, but you take extra time, you come in before you're supposed to work, you come and you stay late, you work on a weekend, every case, all of a sudden you're working sixty hours a week. I have no issues working sixty hours a week. Like, sure, you know what I mean. As a business owner, as a person. Zero issues with doing it. But if that 60 hours comes into conflict with your home life, you have a wife and kids such as I do, you don't spend any time with them, all of a sudden your happiness would decrease because all of a sudden you're working more Mm -hmm. and you're actually watching your kids grow up less. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, you can do that, though, if there's an agreement with your wife and kids, the rest of your family that, hey, listen, for the next year, I'm going to be making this happen, building my own business, you know, whatever the case may be. Or you have a month-long project you got to stay late for every day. Right. You know, there's a number of different factors there. Yep. But if there's an agreement on the family side or the home base side, that's okay. But I think where it gets a problem is where that's a habit. That's your new normal. Right. And your new normal is uh, being unhappy. Right. Which is terrifying. So I'm going to have a sidebar with you. Sidebar. Here's a question. Because right now that we're entrepreneurs, we're, we're doing this business thing. Yeah. On our own. Is it, are we the type of people that let's work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. And, you know, you work so hard that you don't take that family vacation for several years. Sure. Versus... Let's go every other year or even more so. Let's, let's say it like this. We're going to work so hard so we know that we are comfortable, that we can take these family vacations and do these luxury things that we want to do when we're older, when we can afford it versus, hey, I'm young, I'm spry. <laughs> Live the life I can right I'm, now. I'm going to do it now sure. while I can. So... And I think a lot of people struggle with that because myself, I struggle with that where Mm -hmm. it's like, I want to take my family to wherever and enjoy that while we can, whether or not, (laughs) whether or not the money is a factor, but you know what I mean? There's other things that's like, I got to work hard. I got to work hard. I got to work hard, 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 hard. And then you just drive it until you're dead. 
Yeah, and that's you know, and, and then and you miss out on like, oh, we could have went to wherever with the kids and have that experience. You correct. know what I mean? You could have, you know, because the kids will grow up with that memory or whatever the case may be. But if you just write it off from the beginning, right, right, then it's kind of the regret starts to come in. Yeah, I think that's a real issue, um, and I think that lives in people more than just in the entrepreneur world or business owner or high level manager. I think that might even happen too at even an hourly worker um, employee because if, hey, I want this overtime so I can get some more money, but I'm wasting my time on a weekend working, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, you got to find that balance and and only you can answer that. You know, there's a lot of guys that I know that'll work 60, 70 hours a week, but they're single, you know, and if you do that for three years... You can be okay for seven to fifteen years, you know, right. whatever the equation needs to be in your head. Um, you know, it keeps my mind keeps bringing me back to that: live like nobody else now, so you can live like nobody else later. Meaning, if you need to sacrifice now, do it so you don't have to miss anything later. Right. Or find that balance in your own life, in your own situation, that says, "Hey." I'm going to take three weeks off every year and we're going to go on two vacations. Sure. You know, but I know that's going to bring my pay structure, my long-term success, whatever down 8%, you know, whatever, but you're okay with that sacrifice because it's more important for you to go on vacation, to go on that trip, to take your kids to Hawaii, to whatever the case may be. Right. But you got to figure that out for yourself in my opinion. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> sidebar. Sidebar. Thank you for that sidebar, Brian. So I have a list in front of us that has the 10 proven habits of the happiest people in the world. So we can maybe, depending on how many people listen to us, to get up there. This is also posted on the BlackHillsInfluence.com website you as are, well as the Black Hills Influence Facebook page. You are good darn tootin'. That's right, sir. If you want to follow along. I think we're just going to go, we're just going to list them off. We're not going to go into too much detail with all of them, but it's, you know, I think really great uh, to go through these and, and talk about it. So number one, the number one proven habit of happiest people in the world, they enjoy the moment. Too, too many people, too many Americans, too many everyone's are looking to the next thing. They're looking at the next project. They're looking sure. 11 steps ahead like they are in chess. They're they're not enjoying what's happening right in front of them. And I feel that all of us can take a little bit of extra time and kind of think about that when things are happening, you know? Right. Well, it goes back to what I talked about in episode one or two, whatever, in regards to regret, right? To where if you don't, take the time or take the jump in some cases, you will regret that. Going back to a few minutes ago, when you're talking about working yourself to death, you're eventually going to have the regret that you worked yourself to death and you missed your kids growing up. You missed all the T-ball games. You missed whatever. Right. Um, And that's a, that's a real uh, heartbreaker for some people. It's terrible. And it doesn't obviously make you very happy to miss that. No. Yeah, and I don't think you realize that, you know, in the moment, right? Because all you're doing is you're worried about yourself and your goals and whatever, which is totally fine, but stop and enjoy the moment where you're at. Right. Number two, 
They have a growth mindset. Brian, why don't you talk about that a little bit more? <laughs> growth mindset is a very interesting thing. And it, like I said, it goes back to a previous podcast too. Um, if you don't have a growth mindset, I think you are either, obviously you're not growing because you're not actively learning. You're not actively making yourself a better boss, employee, husband, wife, spouse, whatever. Um, but if if you're not learning something new as a person, I think you're dying a little bit on the inside. So the growth mindset is very important going back to an influence piece um, to influence somebody. You need to be learning, in my opinion, every single day. So mm -hmm. whether it's articles like this, reading books, listening to other podcasts better than ours, um, there isn't such thing. <laughs> going to conferences to listen to speakers. Um, you have to have a growth mindset uh, to continually grow yourself. And in my opinion, if you're growing yourself, you are a happier person because you appreciate where you've been, but you're always looking for more. Right. I feel like, you know, in the retail world, they tell us um, plan the work then work the plan. If you don't have a plan, you're not shooting for anything. You're not growing that I like way. that. So good. Thank you. Uh, retail stores that have shaped <laughs> me into the man that I am today. <laughs> but, but, it, but it is true. If you don't have a plan, you don't know what to shoot for. You don't have a goal. If you don't have a goal, you, you can't make it. And you know, I recently um, watched a interview with Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, that I wanted yeah, to... the one that I sent you. Yeah. And, and honestly, it was probably the best 40 minutes of my life. The best part of this interview that I want to take along here, and we can send a link to that on our podcast. We'll post it. Then our uh, Facebook page and our, web, and our website. But Kevin was talking about his most successful companies that he's invested in. And most of them are run by women, which is really great. It's very interesting, and I appreciate that. Now, the other part of that was, is, is the mindset that they have, because what they do is they set more obtainable goals, more realistic goals, versus their male counterparts that are just like, I want to hit a home run right out of the gate. Yeah. They're not, they're not running the marathon. They want to run the sprint. And I think that, that was very interesting to me, because... That's that's what everyone wants to do. They want to have the the one hit wonder. Yeah, they want they want that success instant, instantly. Instant success. Yeah, they want to get that right away. Versus, I'm going to grow, and I'm going to grow more, and then your success just goes up and up and up and up. Hundred percent. Versus, hey, guess what? I'm Barry Bonds. I'm going to swing and miss about eighty five times before I hit one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then but then I'm gonna But when I do I'm gonna one. I'm gonna blow that ball up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean I'd rather get on base thirty times than hit right. five homers. It's almost like the if you ever watch Moneyball. I watched it last night. With Brad Pitt. That's really great. But so the the thing is with that is they were using little to no um payroll, we'll say. Correct. To buy runs, which means I would rather have a bunch of base hitters and get on base versus one really, really good guy that can hit maybe one out of three. Yeah, and it took the idea of we don't care about home runs. You know, it took the traditional model of building a baseball team out 
using actual analytics. Right. It flipped it flipped it on its head. Now, caught a lot of heat for it, you know, just in the moment because it went against everything that quote unquote baseball stood for, or it took away what baseball always was. Now, what's interesting about it is when we try and put analytics into our normal life, time management, scheduling, budgeting, things like that, all of a sudden you can get much happier by thinking about what you're doing and have a process for it. Right. Instead of just this baseball player, he's got a baseball body, comes from a baseball family, but he can't hit. Great fielder. What? Why do we, we Why don't want we, him. You don't want to waste your time. Correct. Or your money. So, you know, let's, let's apply it into real life with what these women are doing yep. that run these companies. They're making these more attainable goals. So let's say it's a daily process. Let's say you have one giant project, but if you slice it up a little bit day by day by day by day and work on that, you're going to get a much better result versus I have this huge project and I'm going to knock it out day one. Yeah. And I think I, I, you know, what's interesting about that, I struggle with it. I think a lot of people do is let's talk about procrastination, right? I don't want to talk about it. I don't. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) What's interesting about that is, you know, if your project is due December 31st, end of the year, some people won't touch it until five days beforehand. I was very guilty of this in college and high school. Terrible. Same. But if you know you have kind of five benchmarks that you need to do in the, say, 60 days that you have to get it done... A smart person would take those five goals, break them up into 10-day chunks, and then you have 10 days to refine it at the end. Right. Before you turn it in. Exactly. I think that's very interesting with setting attainable goals, keeping to them, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to go on a slight tangent just once. This might happen more often than not. But it reminds me, I was having, I worked in the car industry for a little bit, working on cars. And there was this big job that we had to basically tear an engine out and put it back together. Complete disassemble, reassemble type thing. Sure. It's getting overwhelmed. And one of the guys on my team looks over at me and he says, Chris, it's all nuts and bolts. That's all it is. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of them. But if we take part of the work and divide it out. Yeah. Yeah this is going to work much easier. Don't think of the big, huge picture. Focus on a little bit smaller, something that you know you can get done during this day, during this time. Yeah. Get the heads pulled off, get the intake pulled off, get the pistons taken out, get the, yeah, everything. Divide it up so you can divide and conquer and it'll work a lot easier. And you'll have a much more positive result because you're focused on the individual thing versus I have... One whole car I have to. Put I have together. this giant project I have to get right. Done. If you focus on the littler things first, it will build and build upon it, and it'll work a lot easier for you. Welcome to my TED talk and make you happier. <laughs> right back to the list number three. They surround themselves with other happy people, and I think you you have to go with that. You have to surround yourself with positive people. If you have positive people in your life that are happy, you're going to rub off on them 
and you, they're gonna rub off on you and that's well both <laughs> both <laughs> yeah they surround themselves with other happy people. This goes back to another previous podcast. Show right. me your five best friends, and I'll show you the next five years of your life. If you are hanging out with other downer slash unhappy people, they will rub off on you, and eventually you will start to be unhappy as well, even though you might try your darndest to be positive, have a growth mindset, to be looking to the future, Everything around you in your ecosystem is going to be poor me, poor me, poor me, and you are not going to make it out of that alive. The positive, happy people versus the not so happy people. If you want to go and put it into holiday perspective, you want Buddy the Elf versus Scrooge. You don't want that. Yeah. Nobody wants to hang out with five Scrooges. No. I think five Buddy the Elf might be a little excessive. Right, but they're hyped up. They're going to hype each other up. And, and the, the, the point is, like-minded people, happy people, yeah. are going to lift you up and support you in a much better way versus five pessimist people that are like, well, you did this wrong, you can't do this right, and why do you even start? Yeah, I, you know, a part of my kind of inner circle yesterday, I shared a big win that I had with a big article that was written about me. You know what he said? Are you really just patting yourself on the back again? And I said, no, just trying to share my wins. Thanks. So guess what? a little disheartening. Out of the circle. Out. You have been fired. You're fired. Sir. Off the island. Off the island. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Number four, they have a dream. Again, this is what we were talking about earlier in the list. If you have a dream, you have a plan, you make the plan, you work the plan, you are the plan. Success will eventually come. Yes. Number five, they can wait. Again, this is one of those things that is a great trait to have that so many people struggle with, myself included. They want that instant gratification. They want the win right away. They can't just wait. (laughs) I can't do it. Christmas. Is one of those things that you have the present in front of you and you want to open it and you're eight weeks out. You're 10 days out. Something. Any, regardless of what it is. It's like, it will take forever. We have been conditioned to want things right now, which is fine. It's Mm -hmm. the speed of the internet. It's the speed of business. It's, I want faster internet. I want more channels. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. But guess what? Patience is not a very common trait anymore. No. In the regular person. So, I mean, I'm a huge believer in it, obviously, when it comes to owning my own business and whatever. I have to be patient in regards to success will come when it comes. Right. But the market gets to decide that. I don't get to decide when that comes. So, happy people can generally wait longer for things because they aren't, in my opinion, all burled up. Well, because they also understand that some good things take time. Yeah. And that when they do wait, when they are patient, when they get that skill honed, when the good thing or the good news or whatever happens, they have a much more appreciation for it. Yeah, they celebrate the win. Right. But then no... That normal is coming back and get ready for the next win. Right. They'll wait for it. 
Number six, they schedule me time into their day. I think it's very important that whether it's 10 minutes, an hour, whatever, you have to schedule a little bit of you time, whether that's you're going to meditate, you're going to pray, you're going to read a book. You're going to shower. Whatever. It can be anything. You can anything. <clears throat> just take a half hour to work out, go on a walk, lots of things. Just, just clear your mind and, and prepare yourself for the day or prepare yourself for the next day, depending on when you do or, it. Or, you know, prepare yourself for the upcoming project. Think about the little project, you know, whatever. You have to reset a little bit of yourself every single day outside of your normal sleeping time. Right. Um, me time's a big thing. And I, I don't think people do it every single day, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. But I know a lot of people like that will go get their nails done, let's say, every two weeks. Sure. I think that's healthy. Yeah. <clears throat> a little bit of escapism, a little bit of me time um, to kind of reset themselves. I think that's healthy. I think it does make people happier. Right. I think it just depends on what that needs to be for you, as long as it's not destructive, obviously. Right. I think... As long as it's healthy to your work-life balance. Absolutely. And that and that's kind of where your, the science Your me is. time can't be abandoning your family for a night. Right. And not coming home until the next morning. That's not healthy. Right. For your life balance, for your family. Sure. And it's not fair to them. So your me time can't hurt somebody else. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Next. They spend money on experiences, not material things. Now, I don't know about this. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm on, I'm on the, I'm, I think there needs to be a healthy balance on both of those. Understand. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like for me, and I hope this day comes back soon, live concerts. Oh, yeah. That, and music is a whole different thing anyway that we can talk about later. Passion of yours. Right. But being at an event, whether it's a concert or a football game or a baseball game. A a gathering of people. A gathering of people. Again, this is like you surround yourself with what you want, right? So if you're at a concert and people will say, we'll say the hip term, vibing. Mm, Feeling it. You're feeling it. Yep. You're going to feel it because they're feeling it. And then the people, like... It all the, feeds off each other. The energy in yeah. there is amazing. And that's just something that you, you you can't fully explain without being there. Give me an or example. Or having that experience. Give me an example. My wife and I love to go to college football games. Love college football games. This year has been a little strange. Because there's no, no fans allowed outside of family of the players. And... Just watching it on TV. It's not the same. It's not It's not the same to begin with, sure. let alone without fans. Right. You know what I'm saying? The players are still real. Obviously, the players are still playing. You enjoy watching it. But even without fans, you know that the fan noise is piped in. You know it's not yeah. real. It's just a weird experience. It's almost canned. It's forced. You yeah. know what I mean? It's really strange. You know, like, go to, you know... Again, a college football game. Sure. The experience. You're there for the tailgate. You're there. You're in the crowd. It's, it's more than a football game. Right. It's an it, event. It is an event. Yeah. And when you're there and whether you know the team, players, whatever. You can feel you it. You can though. 
feel that yeah. energy. And when your team scores oh, it's or does something really great, it electrifies that yeah. whole crowd. I'm getting goosebumps. Right I know. It is so cool. It. It's so crazy. I love it. I am hoping that that day comes again very soon because you don't have the same experience that you would whether you're watching it on a television or let me just say, we'll just say watching it on a screen sure. of any sort. Yep. You don't have the same kind of energy. You might want to feel that energy, but it's not there because you're missing thousands or hundreds or hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people yeah. that are wanting the same thing. Yeah. Now, if you had a watch party of a hundred people like you and me, that'll that'll bring watching, some of it. Back. That'll have a little bit because I everyone's agree. like, "Yes, it's happening." Yep. You know, it's like your your mom that yells at the TV screen, thinking <laughs> that the players are going to listen to her. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. They could hear you for right. sure. It's like that for now, but you know, it, it'll be it's so much different. And, and imagine yourself on the other side of the fence there. What if you're a player? What if you're a musician? You want to play to an empty room? You want to play no. to a camera? That'd be terrible. No. Your energy level is not there. You're not yeah. at your peak performance. Yeah, you're not There's where I, you want to be because... I don't have any scientific evidence on this, but your adrenaline can be nowhere near as high. No way. Because... You, is that what I'm saying? Yeah. But you have 10,000 YouTubers that are watching you. Yeah. And you don't see that, though. No. You know, I'm putting it into a frame. No, everything's everything's player. green screened in the arena now, right? Or you have a cardboard cutout. Yeah. Wow, I bet they have a lot of energy. Yeah, I bet they're just oozing it. You know what I mean? So I think it, it's affecting everybody in different ways, especially if you're one of those performers, we'll say. Sure. You're playing to a camera. You're playing to a cardboard cutout, whatever. It's, it, it's, it's not there it's versus different. someone that is feeling your performance. Yeah. Yeah. I want that to come and they back. and they reverberate back to you right. their feedback, if right? That makes sense. And I think that has a lot more um, currency. Okay, we'll say more weight to yeah. that versus hey, I went to a concert or I bought a T-shirt from their website. Yeah, it's not it's not the same. Obviously, the material things things fade. You know, T-shirts aren't made. To last forever. That's on purpose. Right. I'm I'm 100% guilty of this. There comes a point in everybody's life where, not everybody's life, let me rephrase. Sure. There comes a point in some people's lives that are habitual buyers. This I am one a, of those. This, me too, big time. This is a great deal. I need to buy this. Sure. Do I need it? No. Sometimes, do I have money for it? No. Should I buy it? No. But, unfortunately guy like myself especially when it comes to vehicles and car parts it's quote unquote too good of a deal to pass up but guess what now i have five cars and two motorcycles they all run but, I, I but look at the deal you got look at them. the deal i got which is a great deal yeah. for it to sit in the shop you know i hear this all the time from my wife me too and she says honey Look at how much money we saved after, after showing <laughs> look the at this, piles. Look at this receipt. Of, I saved all this money. Right. We're going to save ourselves into poverty. That's what my, <laughs> that's what my father-in-law says. <laughs> I've never heard that before. We're going to save ourselves 
into poverty. Yes. That's a neck tattoo. That is, <laughs> That's that is something tattoo. to live by. Save ourselves into poverty. Moving on. Wow. Moving on. Let's move on because we could talk about that forever. Number eight, they give more than they take. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's super important. Um, you know, it goes it goes back to like Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Let's get very elementary with this. To where he was very cheap with his employees, but he guess what? He was also very unhappy. He's a grumpy old man. But by the time Christmas rolled around and the three ghosts of Chris no, ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, correct? Right. When all three of those had visited him, guess what? He, he changed his tune. Changed his tune, started giving, gave a bonus to his employee. And he's very happy all of a sudden. I'm not saying you have to give money to be happy. Some people don't have money to give. I totally get it. I've been there. I am still there. But I think it is very important for somebody in their own heart, maybe, um, to give something. Time, money, knowledge, resources of some kind. Um to something they believe in. You can give to your church as a tithe, which is fine. I mean, last week I gave a giant case of Hot Wheels to the Toys for Tots of the Black Hills, 150 Hot Wheels to use as stocking stuffers. And then I went down there for about three hours and I actually packed toys for little kids in need, mm-hmm. put their little Christmas packages together, which was awesome. Right. Those Hot Wheels were only... All in all, they cost me like 130 bucks, let's say, at a wholesale price. Um, it wasn't about the money. I felt more by putting those Christmas packages together than I did donating $130 sure. worth of cars. Well, and those kids are going to be so stoked yeah. when they open their packages and they see those. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be great. You know, and you feel it's almost like a guilty pleasure type thing. You get, I get you more get by more giving than they get by getting. Say that I again. get I get more <laughs> I get more by giving than they get by receiving. Yeah. When it comes to me giving, donating money, donating stuff, donating right. whatever, um I think it's very important for for everybody involved. Right. And and that helps you along the way when you celebrate somebody else's win. You Correct. know what I mean? You 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 know what it's like to be on the losing end of a situation. So you appreciate the fact that you're able to help somebody else's situation to try and turn it into a win. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To where it makes you happier to do that for somebody. I do it all the time. When people have issues with their online marketing, wherever the case may be, I can't figure out this website issue. What do I do? Give me eight minutes in your login and I'll fix it for you. I'm not going to charge you for it. Let's just do it and get it out of the way. Yeah, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. You're happy or the client's happy or whatever. I'm happy because I got to help them with it and you move on. Right. Which then can turn into the next thing for and, someone. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it gets them, well, look at it this way. It gets them to focus on their actual business. Right. You know, or their problem at hand. So let's take another part of that. I think part of that that giving also means showing your vulnerability a little bit. And that is a huge thing of trust that people try to build is like, I have time. I'll show you 
what I can do. Yeah. I am vulnerable because I'm showing you this between friends or between whatever. whatever. And then that way, I think when people are vulnerable with each other, they can have a much deeper conversation or a much deeper connection connection to each other that, hey, this guy helped me out. Now I want to help him out. Yeah. Or I want to pay it forward. I want to do the next thing. It's almost like a barter society type conversation to where, how do I explain this without giving away names? If I help you, let's say you, for example, let's say you do, let's say you do drum lessons, right? Sure. Hypothetically, you run a drum if lesson I, If business. I knew how to play drums, but yes. You play drums all the time. I know. I'm just kidding. But keep going. But the point is, let's say you run a drum lesson business. Sure. And you're having issues connecting your domain to your website whatever. provider. Yeah. You can't figure it out, whatever. I don't know you from anybody. You call me. I know it's going to take me four minutes to fix it. Hey, Chris, give me your logins. We'll do this over the phone real quick. Oh, my gosh. Really? That'd be amazing. You'd make my life. This would be so much easier for me. Now I can actually start marketing on my website. Perfect. Boom. Fix it. You're on the road. We're off the phone. I feel good because I know I just made your day. Right. You feel good. Because you got it fixed and you can move on with your normal business life. Mm-hmm. Everybody at the end of that transaction wins. But there's going to come a time where I know you, in this example, in four months are going to get asked a question of, hey, do you know anybody that can help me with a website that I need built? You're going to say, why, yes, I do. Actually, I do. A buddy of mine, a new buddy of mine, helped me. With this website issue I had one time, I know he builds them. Call him. Give him a call. Boom. Um, number, which leads me to this next one. They embrace discomfort. Sometimes you have to feel the loss and understand it before you can really enjoy the win. Do you agree? Sure. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting the way you say that. To where it, I feel like if you are not uncomfortable, you're not growing, mm-hmm. right? There's tons of examples out there in regards to things that live in the ocean. They have to strip their shell and move into a new shell to grow bigger, right? We as humans are conditioned to once we are somewhere, we feel like we might be stuck there and we don't want to grow into a new shell, into a new position, into a new whatever, because it's uncomfortable. That's a very... It exposes me. It puts me out there. Mm -hmm. And I might fail. Right. And people are afraid to fail. And I think... All they want. And and that's part of the problem is they um, they don't put together the failing is part of learning. Yeah. You know what I mean? I learn more by failing. I learn more in my sales pitches, for example, of ones that I don't get client-wise than on the sales calls of ones that I do get. Sure. Because you get the sale, whether you're selling whatever cars, it, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You don't really, you learn something, sure. I mean, but you don't go over it as much as your failures. Right. You don't pick it apart going, well, yeah. maybe if I said this. You're not or inspecting maybe if we did it this. as much right. as you probably should on the winning side. Mm-hmm. 
but you should always be learning anyway, but always learn, excuse me, from your failures as well. Sure. And it doesn't have to be a complete bomb that you learn from either. You know what I mean? I have a friend that he's a musician and every time he would play, every time, he would have a notepad and pen with him and he would write down all the things that he could have done better. Like for that set. set. Like he missed this note in this song or right. whatever. This okay. progression. This sure. this song could have been differently done. Or you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it might have been. Yeah. He writes those down and he keeps it. I love that. He writes it down every every show that he does. And he's a touring musician. Wow. He writes that down. I and respect then, that. And then when he's back on the bus or wherever he whatever. is, yeah. he looks over those notes and go, yeah, okay, now this is what I need to focus on to fine tune it's, this. It's the equivalent of watching film if you're a sports yeah. athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, as a team even, like, hey, this block, we're talking football, this block got missed, and the whole play we ended up losing two yards because of this one player missed his block. Right. So when you watch the film, you fix that the mm-hmm. next week in practice or whatever the case may be. Same thing you're talking about, same thing I'm talking about. Yeah, it, it's and it's much better and you learn more to focus on those things that you may have missed or yeah. did not perform at peak. Right? Unfortunately, this, to not stir up any feathers, I would put this back to growth mindset. Mm-hmm. It is uncomfortable for some people to grow because they don't want to. They're safe. The words I always use are fat and happy. Why would I change anything I do now if I'm at a point in my career where I'm making enough money? Sure. And putting it in money terms, making enough money to be safe, happy, a little bit towards retirement, a little bit for vacations, whatever the case may be. Why would I want to learn more? Because that's not that's outside of my comfort zone. Sure. Does that make sense? You know, you can always take it back to that saying, and I'm going to butcher it, so we're <laughs> going to have to re-record this. But you get what, you, what you've always gotten by doing what you've always done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that means you're always going to get what you get because it's comfortable, and you can't grow from that. Yeah. But... If you grow or change it or scratch the record, you could grow more because you stepped out of your comfort zone and grew from that. Yeah. Whether you fail or you knock it out of the park, if you you're are, going to grow because <clears throat> you did that. If you are taking a test to pass something, Right, whether it be like a ACT or an SAT or a professional test of some kind based on your industry, mm-hmm. you take that test and you get an eighty percent, whatever the number needs to be, right? Sure. An eighty percent, and then you schedule that test again for the next week, but you don't study at all. You're gonna get eighty percent. You're gonna get an eighty percent. There might be some variance there because you guess on a couple and whatever, but I highly doubt that you're gonna change that grade, that score, enough to actually pass with whatever you need because you did not put any work in any put yourself in discomfort. You did not have any growth. You did not have any will to learn more to pass that test. 
And, and I see that all the time in my personal life, not necessarily with me, but with friends that want, they want to do better. They want to do something more. They want to start their own business, whatever, but they don't. They, right. they don't want to go through the process of setting up a business. They don't want to know what industry they should be in. They don't want to try. It's scary, Brian. It is terrifying. I get it. But that's the part of the deal, right? There's a reason why in their head they want to start this business right. or they want to go out on their own, you know, whatever the case whatever may be. Whatever it is. Because they're unhappy with where they're at. Or they have a mindset that they want more out of their lives, but they're, they don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, we, my family says I have to have a salary for me to take the jump into a new business venture by myself or with somebody else. I have to have this guaranteed money to make this jump. Right. Even though I'm unhappy where I am now. I feel like you're speaking right to me. I'm looking you right in the eyes. I know. We're here. But that's what's interesting, right, about the conversation is... We might be unhappy, we might be uncomfortable, we might hate who we work with, we might hate what we do, not speaking to you. But I appreciate that. We are not willing to change. To it. jump that just yet. Yeah. You can grow to get to that point where it's more comfortable to make that happen. Right. 100% on board with that. But there is a point there that nobody else can decide but you, theoretically, to make that jump. But there's going to be people along the way that say, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. Right. And you're going to wait too long and you're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. Going back to regret. Mm-hmm. And finishing this up, you know, it it rings this right back to where we were with the mindset is they are always learning. Um, yeah, if you're if you're not willing to grow, whether that is from doing it or learning from your mistakes, learning from your failures, then you need to get out. You you don't have to get out. You can't complain about where you are. Right. Does that make sense? My previous employer, there are a million people there in sales that complain about being in sales, but don't do an ounce of work of making themselves better to make more money or to leave. They're just there to collect the paycheck. They're fat and happy. Yeah. I, actually, they're fat and unhappy because all they do is complain about where they are. Because numbers are down, Brian. And people need to make those phone calls. People need to whatever. Yeah, they're, and they're too not, uncomfortable and they're to do not, it and blah, blah, blah. They're, blah. Not, they're not there. They're, and they don't want to learn because if something, lo and behold, changes... Change is hard. Change freaks people out. Right. It makes them uncomfortable. Right. If you have to learn a new skill in your current job or career or whatever, it's scary. Oh, totally agree. Especially, let's say, you know, you're in the technology business. Sure. You, my friend, God bless you, because you have nothing but learning ahead of you for the unprecedented amount of future every single day what i do changes every single day somebody's always changing something in regards to the internet the big word of the internet the nets the nets it's not like i am i'm not selling horseshoes horseshoe and techno horseshoe technology i doubt has changed you don't know that i'm 
fairly confident. Nike <clears throat> has a new deal coming through. <laughs> you might as well start putting your for racing horses. They got... you better uh... <laughs> the horseshoe Air Max. They the... got... <laughs> Nike swoosh. Yeah, swoosh. Swoosh clop right? uh, for the horse but racers. that industry, in my opinion, I don't know a lot about it, but I doubt, has changed very much in the last 50 to 100 years. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you can get pretty comfortable in that industry with your trade, sure. with your skills, I guess is what I should say. But I think what's interesting to talk about with that example is there's many things you could do to build off of that that might make the generic horseshoe company uncomfortable you know what i mean not knowing anything about how this stuff is distributed and whatever you can start talking about distributions online sales you can go crazy Mm -hmm. but it makes a lot of them uncomfortable so i agree regardless of what i'm saying is at the end of the day regardless of your position whether you're employed or unemployed regardless of the industry you're in you should always be learning because if you're not you are actually getting dumber i don't know if there's science behind that exactly but i i understand what you based on other people and your competition if you are not working on your craft every single day every single week okay now now i'm with you you are falling behind pace yep does that make sense there are it, for you working hard, there's at least five other people working harder than working you harder than you. Yep. So you need to outwork everybody. Yep. To get to number one or whatever the case may be. We're gonna wrap this up. We really appreciate you guys taking the time uh, to listen to us on a weekly basis here. We know that you have other things that you could be doing. We appreciate you taking us along for the ride, for the run, whatever the case may be. Uh, Black Hills Influence is available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, any comments, you want to send an article in, just go to blackhillsinfluence.com or you can send us a message also on the Facebook page, Black Hills Influence. Looking forward to next time. We'll see you then. Have a great day. (laughs) 